Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. The Around the NFL Podcast. Love you, bro. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a city filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. Oh my goodness, what is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Ufa. <laughs> this Oofa. is an odd one. This is, this is different territory for, uh, well, I was going to say for the podcast, but then let me just, I'm going to pull that back, go above the treetops and say um, human civilization, at least the, in <laughs> modern culture. So here we are. Well, I think we should explain where we are. We're in five different houses uh, littered across the Los Angeles area on uh, some Google Hangout that Erica Tamposi did a great job setting up. Great job, Ricky. Yes, we are We are littered across the Southland. And per the rules of our company, the National Football League, and really, you know, as everyone knows, across the, this country and across the world, a lot of people now are not able to work from their office. We are no exception, at least for today. Um, that might change next week. In fact, it probably will. But for today, we are going this route. And who knows, depending on where things go with this coronavirus pandemic, uh, this could be a regular way that we stay in communication until we the show goes from five people to four to three to two. <laughs> And then me, just me as the host, that'd be cool. Oh, you survive. Yeah, I'd be fine. Oh, I'm alive, by the way. I just want everybody to know I'm okay. <laughs> I it is it was it, medium C uh, was an accurate uh, description. It, um, Wait, medium the, C is the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, is that what that was decided? Yeah, <laughs> you you had the little C, maybe like the medium rare C. I don't know. I had strep throat, and um, I am back to 100 percent now. And um, it is 
a weird time. Also weird week to get sick, uh, but I was never concerned that I had anything associated with this coronavirus, thankfully. And um, how are you guys doing? What's going on? I mean, arguably, you could have milked that for much, much more, um, you know, company-wide and probably at this point, listener-wide sympathy where you just to say it's it's up in the air. You can't get tested for corona. You might need six or seven weeks away from the grind to uh, find out where your body is at. That crossed my mind, actually, yesterday, that this was the ideal Sessler scenario where I could have been like, eh, it's a little corona-y. And then they'd be like, stay away, stay far away. And all of a sudden, Mark is out for a year, three years, something like that. Well, I've learned, uh, yeah, I may have learned pretty quickly. I think this was, um, you know, a distant fantasy of mine, some sort of uh, nation earth shaking, uh, you know, issue. But now that it's here and now that, for instance, my kids are suddenly home on a Friday versus being tucked away at their school and our house is um, utter chaos, uh, save for this hour that we're taping this. I'm not so sure that I'm excited about what's happening. I am less oh, excited. This, this is rough. It's not fun. This is rough. This One of my big takeaways, um, as this is now coming into focus and schools are being closed across the country, as, as, as I already said, uh, offices are now sending everyone to work from home. All businesses and movie theaters and malls and concerts and everything is all shutting down. Everything is going into the home. Everything's funneling back, Mark, to the home. This coronavirus, and, you know, God willing, this does not turn into something much worse. But if this is kind of where it ends up in this kind of general zone, it will still test marriages and family structure like nothing we've seen before. It may what, test that, that, test. Bottle, that bottle of Tito's over uh, your right shoulder from the way that we're seeing it. That could be tested soon, I believe. That will be tested and defeated. <laughs> Just don't test it as a hand sanitizer. Tito's a, a released an official statement this week. It does not have enough uh, alcohol to, to try to make some homemade hand, hand sanitizer. Good to know. Yeah, very right, true. Then. Wes, how you doing, by the way? Very uh, sexy. Ricky, I know you do such a great job over on the uh, social and VATN podcast on Instagram and around the NFL on Twitter. I'm sure some people will be able to see this uh, Google Hangout we have set up. Wes is in his commode with string light string lights behind him, some well-worn books, including a autobiography on Weave Eubank, the great Jets coach from uh, Doctor Z, Paul Zimmerman. The, oh, there it is, Doctor Z. Yeah, and you have some plants hanging. Tell, a lot of good feng shui situation. This is good feng shui. This is Lakeisha has put this room together. She calls it her green room. Got a little bohemian feel to it. It's good energy back here. Very good energy. That's good. And Greg, you are uh, you're a guy who doesn't think anything really matters or nothing's a big deal. Is this a big deal? <laughs> I uh, I don't agree with the premise of uh, your question. There's nothing more important than than right now, Dan. Right here, right now, Jesus Jones. This is uh, this is a, a time uh, I I like having the I don't know it's take take advantage of the the positives of it you know I kind of love it but I say that now while while my children five and three their daycare is yet to close um, so I know I know what's coming here um, all right so let's let's get into it and just talk about where we're at so obviously earlier in the week. 
the World Health Organization officially declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. And I missed Wednesday's show uh, with that illness, but not the corona, though. Um, and it's crazy what happened just from when you guys finished your recording with Omar Ruiz. Good job, Omar. Thanks for helping out. To what happened a few hours later, which was kind of an unprecedented um hour that I, I don't think any of us will, will forget if you were kind of plugged in the social media between Trump's speech where he was very solemn and it became clear that the that our government was taking this seriously at this point and was finally aware of what we were up against. Uh, you had the NBA season shutting down on the spot uh, after Jazz center Rudy Gobert test positive for the coronavirus. You had Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson uh, announce that they had tested positive, and if, if uh, Tom Hanks can get it, any of us can get it. Uh, what am I missing? I feel like there was one other thing in that kind of 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern window where everything kind of changed. And we talked about it on Monday, how there was a, a, in the air things were shifting, but really from Wednesday night uh, to where we are now, the whole world is essentially shut down. And we're going to get into the NFL implications of that all. But th these last, you know, 72 hours have been wild. We've seen things like this in the past. You know, after 9-11, sports shut down for a little bit. During World War II, they shut down for a while. And, of course, sports didn't get big until the middle of the 19th century when the Industrial Revolution, like the results of that happened, and there was leisure time for the masses. We were engaged as humans in survival for all those thousands of years, and now we're engaged in survival again. This just happens every time there's some kind of worldwide pandemic that shows us that sports are important for some reasons, but they're never as important as the human race surviving. That's a good call, Wes. And, you know, like, the we other weird thing about this, yes, 9-11, and from a surreal standpoint, this does bring back some memories of, of that week. It's not the same level in terms of shock and tragedy um, at this point, but... Still kind of like you wake up in the morning like, oh, my God, what is going on right now? Disneyland is closed. You know, just like that type of like what's happening in, in the world right now. But sports went away for that week and then they came back. And I think the weird thing that's making this there's a lot of reasons why this is a unique situation. But sports are just gone. Every sport is gone indefinitely. So um, NFL, obviously, we're in a situation where it's the offseason, but. We know all these different various um, uh, league calendar events are, are getting stepped on potentially. The owners' meetings have been already canceled, and we're waiting to hear about the start of free agency and the league year, which is supposed to start next week. But MLB, NBA, Major League Soccer, the NHL, PGA, PGA Tour, uh, Golf, sorry, Greg, uh, the World Tennis Tour, all the European soccer leagues, the XFL, the March Madness Tournament, all that stuff gone, and that's what's kind of that's what to me, you know, as a sports junkie my whole life, and somebody that as cliche as it is, sports is like one of those centering things. Where it's like, well, I still got sports, and you can kind of take your mind. The fact that that's gone right now, uh, that is that messes with my head a little bit, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. I think one thing, like you know, with nine eleven, it was stuff that you're used to seeing. Worldwide, you hear about, you know, a, a bombing, an attack, and it just feels like a distant news report from somewhere that you'll never go. And 
I, Corona, personally, it didn't take it seriously on any level uh, until it, suddenly it wipes out the NBA and then the Tom Hanks thing happens. And I think that was obviously like a major turning point for everyone's awareness. And then there's all this, then it's a PR angle of like all these other leagues have to respond in kind and look like they're as attentive to it and caring about the fans and the players. And there was this sort of watershed moment. And then suddenly, you know, kids are being sent home. And what happens if like, poli- like a police force gets coronavirus and there's no police on the streets or firemen? It's like, we, I think this is a little different than 9-11 because a couple weeks after 9-11, I wouldn't say order was restored. The world was changed forever. But it wasn't like the next huge thing was happening. We just don't really know the way forward with this. And I wasn't taking it seriously at all 10 days ago. And now it is um, thoroughly on the radar. Right. We, we taped this on Friday, and the next time we tape, assuming we do tape on, on Monday, which we're scheduled to do, it's a lot more is going to happen, and it's probably very early in the process. Uh, it, it's been said kind of no one cares about uh, something like this happening, a, a pandemic, until you know someone that's been affected. Someone compared um, the HIV, you know, being spread and in, in coming into public consciousness was n- never a thing. The government really didn't care about it until Rock Hudson got it in 1980, been around for 20 years. And it's like this has been happening. The, the half of the largest uh, country in the world was essentially on a far more aggressive shutdown um, in a dystopian existence two months ago. And we people always think like, oh, the world's so connected with the Internet and everything like that. And ultimately, like this country wasn't too, too into it. You know, it, it, it wasn't affecting us. And so it wasn't that big of an issue. And I think, I mean, from our perspective, it's like, what what is going to keep changing? The NFL is in a, a lucky spot, I guess, that if they want to just push back the offseason, they can. But no one really knows at this point how long all the other sports are going to be gone. I think the difference now, and Dan and Mark know this as Browns and Jets fans, for 98% of us every year, the season ends in disappointment and despair. But the key is there's always next year. And even in the 21st century, there's next week or next month with news about your team, updates about your team. And the difference here is always next year or always next week doesn't doesn't apply because things are kind of suspended and we have no idea what's going on. And I think I used to think, why are sports important? And I would think of the lofty stuff, the art, where it's close to theater, look what humans can do. And I think when you have... Um, like anxiety issues or depression issues, it's because sort of the sharper the pain of life, maybe the more intense the desire is for like a temporary reprieve. Can I get a few minutes or a few hours where it all goes away? And, you know, the happiness, those pure moments you get from sports are sort of like the respites from despair or anxiety from the norm of life. And you get these ascendant moments. And there's a lot of anxiety out there right now. And this is one of the things we do need sports for. It raises the question, and I'm sure the NFL has talked about this on a number of levels, when free agency is next week at this point, they have said there's no plans to move it. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk is reporting that the league is discussing pushing it, but they might not do it until Sunday, which would be the day before free agency Uh, basically starts, but a day after uh, the CBA is voted on by the players. Um, Does the NFL, like, kind of weigh the possibility of, like, this isn't the worst time for some mindless entertainment as a distraction? 
in a world where ultimately they, they could run free agency probably if they want to, or as Florio indicated, based on his sources, are they worried um, by the optics of it, which is my least favorite word and feels like you're hiding behind something that they think it's a, a bad PR move essentially to do free agency. I think it's a fair question to ask. I, I don't really personally have like a, a strong answer on either side of that. But I think it'd be, hard, it'd be hard to come out the winner on that though, because I don't think the NFL wants to pitch itself as mindless entertainment. No, that's not what I mean. Uh, I just from, mean but, like life is going on. Like we are still living. We're go, we're going, we're eating, we're taking care of our family. This is just like, do you do this thing as a small distraction? We're all watching, like people are going to be watching Netflix, like, crazy essentially that's all like nfl free agency is it's just like a trivial little thing that is going on and if they wanted to if they think it's going to interrupt their own business in terms of like they can't do it the way they would want to do it that's a different question but the pr angle of it all i think i think there's a case to be made on both sides here's my take with that which is i think they would survive the the Twitter blowback of how could these guys be making money? That, that seems silly to me. And the optics ever since we had that boss who didn't let us do the podcast all at the same time, because he thought the optics were bad that we weren't all in the newsroom. Um, I've hated the word optics. I think more from a practical standpoint, because as things dominoed um, starting, like I said, Wednesday around 9 PM Eastern, when, when Trump got on and he, he made the the travel ban announcements, and everyone was like, holy F, and then the Tom Hanks thing, Tom Hanks, man, all that, and then the dominoes, they all fell. Once, once that happened, the league, basically team by team, very quickly shut down their operations. They pulled their scouts off the road. They closed the team offices. How does that impede what is a huge week of decisions, multi-million dollar decisions that teams need to make? If they are at all at a um, deficit in terms of where they are bandwidth-wise, why wouldn't they just push it a week and see if things clear up enough where they could put people back in offices? This That to me seems logical, but at the same time, maybe they think that's not necessary and they still think they should keep to their schedule and they find that important for different reasons as well. It's well, all going to be interesting to track. You could look at one season that's not too long ago, which was after the lockout when obviously free agency and the overall NFL calendar was totally jacked up. And it created actually something pretty great fan-wise. I thought that free agency period was instructive in one, in one sense for the league. And I, I just think that if you want to maximize, if the NFL wants to maximize the excitement of free agency, I just don't think that Monday is the day to do that. I, like, that would be, the, the, to me, like moving it two weeks, you can recover from that schedule-wise, and you have a lot of people maybe in a better or a different headspace. I don't, I don't have an, I'm not offended by free agency occurring, but I just think you've got a lot of people that are thinking and focusing on the unknown and things much more important than where Corey Littleton winds up and what his signing bonus is. There's I mean, one, there's it just another, seems absurd to me. There's another element here which shouldn't be overlooked is that the stock market is in crisis right now. Uh, the U.S. stocks had their worst day on Thursday since the 1987 Black Monday crash. Um, we are, it's a bear market. People are in panic. 
I mean, the fact that the league is run by billionaires, is that something, is that connect to this at all? Is this a situation where the owners are like, I think so. We got to, we got to get some things locked down in our own personal affairs and things of that nature before I turn my, my uh, attention or put any focus on my little plaything, which is my team. Um, There's so much unknown right now and it's a little bit overwhelming uh, when you start going through it all. And that's why the, the Tito's will be opened up. Uh, shortly after the completion of today's show. Well, I think um, the the timing is so weird uh, that the the players are voting for the CBA, and and maybe we'll get to some you know small level news, but it, it's still happening. Like teams are putting the franchise tag on players on Friday, so for now it's business as usual. But the the vote happens Saturday night. Then you have like a twenty four hour period, thirty six really, till Monday afternoon when tampering is supposed to begin. So you would think Sunday would be the day, but here's the NFL network. You know, the NFL owns it at this point has, I think eight plus hours of live programming on Sunday to kind of cover the, the expected frenzy that was supposed to happen before. So it's all like in a very short timeline. And I'm with you, Dan, that there's, there's no negative, there's no downside to pushing it all back. And based on um, reading between the lines of what Florio wrote and, it's tricky. We can't talk about, you know, the big NFL network reporters aren't reporting on this yet, but based on reading between the lines of what he wrote, if he's accurate, I am thinking it's going to get pushed. Uh, if that's just a total guess and our free agents. Other, other insiders shows. are pushing back against that, but yep. Florio continues to kind of pound that drum that it's going to happen. Well, the, the league is officially saying at this time there are no plans, which I'm sure is accurate, but there, it seems they're like they're probably just doing legwork leg and talking to all these teams, and I, I don't know, some teams are run differently than others, and it just seems like there might be a bit of a competitive advantage or disadvantage scenario to weigh also about how each of these franchises are operating, because it's, like it's almost like federal versus state law. Each of these teams have... Uh, put forward similar solutions, but they're not all the same. I mean, a lot of them are probably running their front office the way that we are right now, looking at each other on uh, Google Hangouts or fill-in-the-blank technological platform. Mark, you're glowing, by the way. I am? Your skin looks great. Are you oh. Are you taking this time away from the office? Are you getting into one of your little smoothie kicks? Any time away from the office uh, is it mel- meshes into self-care of various forms. Do you have any... You did have a humble brag the other day. You texted. You're like, oh, the gym today has like <laughs> yeah, a hundred people less than yesterday. Well, you know, I will also, if you want statistical <laughs> correctness, that's the third time I've been to the gym in two years. So I'm not, I'm, it's not that much of a I didn't even have anybody to spot me on the bench. Well, that's true. That, per- that individual was not there. Ricky, what's going on with you? So West Hollywood, uh, what a mecca it is for youth culture and, you know, partying yeah. and just to be alive and young, uh, take us through where you're at emotionally, physically and otherwise. Well, yesterday it was cr- crazy. I went to Trader Joe's. Everything's off the shelves. I tweeted about it. got it like empty. Some guy called me a B word for standing Wait, in why? line. I, w- I, I like, wanted to follow up with you on that. Why did he call you the B word for being in line? I... But that's what I don't know. He was like, he was like, hey, B, like, can you move up? And I was like, I'm in a line. Like, I can't move up. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, it was, it was like really, he was like sweating and like seemed really Let me just say, I'd like to hear his side of the story. Yeah, it seems like there's there's other things happening here. Yeah, Yeah, well, what was I, I was literally just standing there with all my, 
you know, end of the world items, like a normal person, the lines were out of control. It was, it was pouring rain. I can't take my dog out. You know, it, it, things are tough over here. Well, there's, (laughs) there's some different experiences going on in LA because I saw Charlie Yook posted a video too of a grocery store where shelves were empty. I went to the store last night, probably about eight 30 or nine o'clock. I try to go when nobody's there. And it was like a normal grocery shopping existence. The shelves were stocked. Everything was there. There weren't that many people in line. It was. I, w- I wouldn't name time. the store, Wes, if I were you. Keep that. No, I'm keeping keep that, that to myself. Wraps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just keep reading so much, so much stuff on Twitter, and you have to be careful about what you're actually sharing because you don't know what's real and what's That's true. not. That's true. I'm of two minds on this. There's something. Uh, like everyone else, you, you kind of conflicted about what social media and Twitter um, has done to the world. But it is kind of cool that we're everyone is still connected, even when you're shuttered behind your uh, the doors of your homes. Uh, but it also does like create that ability to create panic. Like I was listening, I never listened to Joe Rogan's podcast, but I think it was like Mike Giardi on Twitter uh, tweeted out um, something yesterday, like that. Giardi had a guy that was a some type of expert in the medical field of disease control. So I clicked into it and I started listening to the podcast. And after like 15 minutes, I was like, I have to shut this off because I, I'm sure this brings a lot of clicks, but there was some like doomsday talk going on. And I, and I'm, I was talking to my wife last night and we had a long talk because she had a lot of anxiety about uh, where things are. Like we are in a situation, all of us actually on this podcast where we are not close to our families um, from where we're from. So you're kind of a bit on an island, and it adds to some of the anxiety. So social media can kind of feed into that. So It's a good time to stay. Like my friend, I have a good friend that's basically offline. I mean, not totally, but he's he's not on social media. I'm just saying it's a nice nice time to stay offline. How much you put up, Sessler? I like I, I'm very uh, opposite to you guys. I, whatever I read, um, whether it be on Reddit or Twitter or or wherever, I just simply believe and allow it to form my thoughts and opinions. <laughs> you know, I, I like any city. Los Angeles has very strong strong points and very weak weak points, and I've sort of made my peace with the traffic and the shallowness of the people. But a new problem I've I've had developed with Los Angeles is sort of that anxiety where Dan says. It's a city full of people who are away from their families for the most part. So they move out here and you don't get that normalizing influence, that love, the stasis of having a family involved. And it's a bunch of weirdos who have no one else in their lives. So they're way more into themselves. That's all of us. Wes. I know it is. It's, that's that's it, my mania to, with Los Angeles. To now. Wes's point, uh, Los Angeles is a city as cliche as it is. It's true of dreamers of people that came from all across the country to become successful, whether it's in entertainment or what, whatever for us, it was sports. And when you are, when you qual- when you classify as a dreamer, when this type of stuff hits, Maybe not the classification of people that handle it the best. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is well said. I uh, so here, here I can are. report that the uh, the John Gonzalez Colleen Wolf uh, household is taking it very seriously. They um, <laughs> they are or Gonzo is definitely the the couple that is you know loading up on uh, everything <laughs> at Bonds and taking it away from you. Gonzo uh, 
had Dreamers. a had a, a quiet uh, birthday celebration, which they they really debated uninviting everyone because they didn't want anyone uh, to to come over. But I have to say, Colleen makes like an unbelievably good upside down cake. She's a talented woman. I mean, uh, she can do it all. Colleen can cook. I mean, it was an an incredible cake. Uh, Professional grade, I would say, yes. What a catch. And she she can fly a plane? She can do it all. It's pretty amazing. You know, Gonzo Gonzo did well. I think Gonzo's been told that many times in his life. uh, (laughs) I think he's sick of hearing it. Yeah, I would imagine (laughs) he is. But probably at the end of the day, it all works out for him. Um, I think Colleen did well, by the way. Gonzo absolutely. is an upstanding uh, gentleman in person. And yes, happy birthday to Mr. Gonzalez. I wish I wish his birthday fell on a different time of the year because <laughs> we had all planned. We had all yeah. We had all planned. Uh, this is how quickly these things shifted, by the way. Because I'll use I'll do two examples. One again in the sports world before um, before the Jazz game. Who were they playing? It was the Jazz and the Mavericks. Before that game, right before tip-off, got shut down, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, was in the locker room having a meeting with players, and he was asked, what are the chances that this the, the league suspends play? And he told his players two hours before tip-off, 10 to 15% chance. Cut to two hours later, they're walking back to the locker room, and the NBA is shuttered completely. Okay, that's how quickly this thing is mutated. Now, you pull back to our personal experience. Last Friday night, we're getting loose. We are out in downtown Culver City. And uh, I like to think of it now in retrospect as it was our John Gonzalez birthday party. Uh, we met up. And maybe the last time we'll ever all hang out together. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's certainly how I remember the in night. play. We met up at an Irish pub to start. And then we moved over to our old haunt, Rocco's. We went back to the famous adultery bar. Uh, Mark in the in the alleyway behind Rocco's to close. Well, I'm not sure that that's how we want to advertise the. That does not. That's how we view the right. bar. That's look. it's that's Mark's adultery bar. You know, there is a there is a bar is in true. downtown Culver City. And if you are if you live in this area and if you know downtown Culver City, you might know what we're talking about. Mark and I, in our younger years, were real were real barflies, you could call us, of this region. And um, this particular bar. Is tucked in in the alley. It's very dark, and we just, as men who are faithful to our women, we still we have we have takes. And one night we were in there, and we were like, "This would be the place a guy who was looking to cheat on his wife would go." This is in an alley. It's dark. It's tucked away. Not a lot of people know about it. So it became the adultery bar. Now, have have we committed adultery? No, at that bar. No, yeah. not at all. But that is that's how it's known. <laughs> just at that exactly. bar. Exactly. We are clean in that establishment. But anyway, so we were talking about Gonzo at that fr- <laughs> last Friday night. We had a whole plan set up that revolved around actually it was going to be last night on John's actual birthday. We we're going to have a huge gathering and we were going to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and that t- totally melted away to, to I guess just Mark and his uh, Greg and his upside down cake and like two buddies from Philly, right? Yeah. Although we did watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that was my only second time seeing it, and I know you guys are obsessed, and it, and it really does reward a, a second viewing. It's delightful. There you go. A great hangout movie. Yes. It was awesome. Take that, Jane Slater. <laughs> Slater takes a shot. She Wes, hates that movie. Wes, I heard your take on the women of NFL Network, and now it's almost like a take back with a little Jane Slater. 
No, see, when you respect women to the extent that I do, you just have this easy rapport where you can joke around with them. When you respect women to the extent that I do, Chris Wessling. All right, gang. Let us uh, move into more traditional Around the NFL podcast fair. Ricky, let's hit the news. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Everybody calm down. All right, since we have started today's highly unique and very special edition of the Around the NFL podcast, presented by blah, 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 we have a number of transactions to get through. So let's let's see what is going, what, Ricky? What? You're, did you, like, mean to say blah, 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 blah? Well, or? we're, we're con- contractually obligated to do it twice. Right, in the front and the back, yeah. So if they want it a third time... They got to pay. Peel out the guap. <laughs> Womp them. <laughs> anyway, as my dad would say, nothing's on the arm here. <laughs> All right. Danny, it's the bar. Is everything on the arm? It's like, yeah, dad. Yes. All right. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, there are several cuts as teams adjust their rosters as they prepare. Yes, whether it's Monday is the legal start of the tampering period or it's pushback week, teams are still uh, getting, you know, like an Independence Day, uh, not to bring up a disaster movie in these times, but in the Independence Day when the spaceships all start to get into sequence across the planet to prepare for their synchronized attack. That's what teams are doing right now. They're all getting ready for free agency and to make their attack on the market. So let's start with the Tennessee Titans, who part ways with tight end Delaney Walker, a move that um, will save them over $6 million, almost $6.5 million against the cap. He is 35 years old now, and it, it seems like injuries have been the thing that have held him back. He's always been a guy with... Um, high upside in Tennessee, but it very rarely did it did it play out that way. So he is now looking to catch on somewhere else. The Titans say goodbye to Delaney Walker. Well, you mentioned off the air that you were surprised how old he was because I was. He he started his career and you know all through his rookie contract and even a year or two after that he was a backup and special teamer, rarely used behind Vernon Davis. And it wasn't really to his last couple of years in San Francisco and then Tennessee where he broke out and he had the prime of his career in his 30s instead of his 20s. Um, but when he came back from that, um, I th- was it a compound fracture? The leg injury he came back from last year, it was pretty obvious that he he was a shadow of his former self and they were a much better team when Jonu Smith was on the field. Well, he, He's one of the best free agent signings of the last 10 years. I think the Titans probably got more value out of him than just about anyone. And so they also cut this week Deion Lewis, and Cameron Wake. So that's three guys, Wake and Walker, at the very end of their careers. We'll see if they get another job. Maybe not. Deion Lewis turned out to be um, more or less a disastrous signing, but they can live uh, without him uh, after he arrived in New England. But that frees up a lot of money. It just makes you realize like they need to free up a lot of money. They already had over $50 million in cap space, so it's not like they were close to the cap. But you need a lot if you're going to franchise tag Derrick Henry and sign Ryan Tannehill or franchise tag Ryan Tannehill, which if they don't move the league year and they don't move the franchise tag deadline is kind of the first big quarterback domino 
you know, to fall, we'll find out. I think they'll go with Derrick Henry with the tag and, and just see what happens with Tannehill. Well, there was a, you know, Ian Rappaport noted, reported yesterday that they are, the Titans are focused after the Tannehill uh, addition to hand big money to Henry. That was the quote, in big money. So, you know, I, I just love that they're keeping both of them or that they're going to try to because I don't like either one of those guys nearly as much anywhere outside of Tennessee. And let's give him a little love, and I'm doing this because I love my man, Handsome Hank, Henry Hodgson, Vice President of International for NFL Media. Cameron Wake, if this is the end, he's 38 years old now. He just turned 38 uh, earlier this year. And speaking of guys that got a late start in their career, he didn't arrive on the scene with the Dolphins until he's 27 and put together one of the great runs as a you know outside linebacker, defensive end type including a first-team All-Pro bid at his age 30 season. So I wonder if this is the last time we'll see Cameron Wake, but quite a career uh, after a guy who started, I believe, in the CFL, right? CFL Defensive Player of the Year, I think twice. He, he's got a, an outside shot at least to get a little Hall of Fame talk, especially well, when they give him a little CFL pop. Right, Warren Moon got credit for his CFL season, so Cam Wake should too. I feel like that's somebody the Jets should throw a lot of money at. Um, it might awesome. happen. Cameron Wake, three years, seventy million, solved that problem on the edge. Since they haven't had a true edge pass rush option, Chris Wessling, since blank in two thousand five. John Abraham. <laughs> that is the the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers haven't had a t- touchdown in two thousand seventeen stat of Jets history. You had Calvin Pace stumbled into a ten sack season, and other than that, nothing. Bunk. Um, all right, in other news, Xavier Rhodes, his tenure ends with the Minnesota Vikings, the one-time standout defensive back, really fell off it, in um, the past season. He's 29 years old. The Vikings, they peel $8 million off their cap, $8.1 million, but they're still going to eat almost $5 million, which tells you that they were ready to move on from Rhodes and it is a reminder, people talk a lot, a lot about why you don't want to do big business with running backs because the way that they age and they're easy to replace at a cheaper rate. Well, cornerbacks, it's a buyer beware situation. As, as somebody, speaking of the Jets, who went round two with Darrell Revis as he reaches 30s, Tremaine Johnson, as we just saw, things could fall off very quickly at that position. Especially if you're a big cornerback like Xavier Rhodes, it's easier, you know, when you're quick your drop-off isn't quite as sudden as when you're a big corner and you don't move as well. And last year, he got exposed. I remember seeing a stat from our research department when the playoffs started that he had basically the worst cornerback season in 10 years as Whoa. far as being beaten one-on-one. He was just getting beaten so often. Um, and at this point, that's two down seasons in a row. You just wonder if this if he's going to be starting anywhere next year. I think he, like Mike Zimmer was sort of overtly frustrated with him and also trying to verbally back him for such a long time. And, it, you know, it, a lot of the Rhodes meltdowns seem to happen in nationally televised games, too, where, you know, you get this close-up of him walking across the field after getting toasted by somebody. Not, not a great look. And the Vikings defense, and I think we mentioned this before on our show, that it's had the same cast of leading characters for such a long time, and it's 
that's not the case going into next season. There's some big names uh, out the door. Right. The, we, the question was just like, how much are they going to blow things up? And we're learning now with Rhodes being gone, that was expected. They also announced, uh, or we found out on Friday, that Linval Joseph, who's been there and been great in the middle of their defensive line, is gone. Everson Griffin, for now, is a free agent. They essentially don't have anyone in their secondary. They have Harrison Smith and Mike Hughes, a cornerback who they drafted two years ago. Holton Hill has been... Uh, had some suspension. They have three other or four other uh, significant free agents in their secondary. So they're starting from scratch. They have, have about as much to do this offseason as any team in the league. I just learned from my wife. So I am at my wife. I'm in the living room uh, because of the Wi-Fi connection. She's working in our office garage uh, because she is now working from home as well. And I just saw her come into the house with a horrified look on her face. I accidentally locked her out of the house. <laughs> I noticed she hadn't and gotten up to remedy that. She had been trying to get in. I never even saw it. And then she had to find the um, spare key that's hidden on the grounds of ha- uh, Hansis Manor to get mm. in. So it, is it like in one of those fake rocks that you can peel off the bottom of the rock? And there's I, the have, I have no further comment oh. on that, but it's amazing how spot on you are, Mark. And um, so I just want to apologize to my wife for for being a a bad husband. I didn't mean that. Honey? Did you, though? Like I said, this coronavirus is going to test relationships like nothing our country has ever seen. You better enjoy spending time with each other. Exactly. Sorry, dear. Dear. You You broke out a deer. (laughs) She, She just gave me a wave. She doesn't even like me referencing her on the program. <laughs> I love Emily. Tell her I love her. Tell her I love her. Erica says she loves you, but is it really true? I believe the last time she appeared on our show, Dan, was actually the uh, debate club episode many years ago when she came on to talk about Eric Berry's um, fear of horses. That's right. Emily was on the ATL debate club talking about as my wife has a um, horse riding background as a youngster. And I thought she was quite insightful on that episode. And then she decisively um, made it clear she would never appear on the show ever again. And she stood, she stood by that declaration. All right, moving on. Honey, make sure you put the key in the fake rock and return it to the, the yard, okay? <laughs> she said, what is wrong with you? All right. <laughs> Cordy Glenn and the Bengals have uh, parted ways. The Cincinnati was attempting to move the veteran tackle via trade. Didn't work out uh, despite being a 19-game starter. You know, he's a, a jag, as they say. Uh, just another guy type dude. Maybe somebody for some depth um, on the free agency market. But he's 30 years old. Um, these guys will still have a market because they seem to kick around, Mark, these offensive linemen. As long as they're not total disasters, they're not old men. A guy like Glenn will probably get a little bit of of, uh, scratch. I think what's notable to me is how Glenn got there because they they made the mistake of not keeping Andrew Whitworth and they let him go. And then they made the mistake of drafting the wrong tackles sort of over and over. And you've got Glenn and he was really never at the top of his game with them. He was a patch, but surrounded by, you, you know, Jag would be. Um, a complimentary term to, to describe some of the other linemen they've had float th- through there in recent years. And 
It's affected Andy Dalton. It will certainly affect any rookie quarterback. So I, th- I can't think of too many teams that have more work to do along the line. They've got a couple young guys, but some that just have not panned out. Mark, can I just tell you that we might be days away from the ultimate scenario in terms of Sessler Rage. Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, same team. I think it's actually effective to, if you have multiple enemies scattered around, to get them into one room, and then you just nuke the room. Again, Independence Day corollary. They they chose specific markings across the realm and then shot the laser down to get rid of enemies in a concentrated area. You know, I know, I know on this show I'm supposed to act as if Andy Dalton is, you know, some sort of special <laughs> performer at the position. But, like, you have, if, if you have had the Mitch Trubisky problem that you've had and you go out and you tell this fan base that hasn't really had a great quarterback in their midst for so long, we've solved it with Andy Dalton. I just think you're, you're going to have, you know, Ryan Pace, you're going to have to work with that. Um, message from a PR angle. It's that's, not going to win everyone over. That's what you say now, but if Dalton signs with the Bears, he's going to be one of your favorite quarterbacks in the league by August. Check with me on that one. Oh, wait, because he <laughs> took over for Mitch Trubisky. Right. I just think you've got to... slowly you, find yourself falling more and more in love with Andy I, Dalton. I would, I would much prefer Andy Dalton, but I'm just saying that of all the options, of all the creative avenue, avenues you could have gone down to solve this age-old quarterback problem... Andy Dalton feels like a you didn't exactly shoot for the stars. You didn't go the distance there for your fans. But I'm sure he'll be wonderful. The Broncos placed the franchise tag on safety Justin Simmons. Let's get into some franchise tag talk. Uh, he is one of the best safeties in the league. The tag will make him about $13 million this year. Uh, but it seems like uh, the Broncos, from what we're hearing, want to do long-term business with Simmons. Uh, so that could be something that still happens. Yeah, he was an all-pro last year, their best defensive player. He's in the prime of his career. This was inevitable. Hunter Henry also gets the tag. The Chargers, uh, this was an expected move. Uh, we're going to put the tag on the tight end who has battled injuries uh, throughout his young career. But when he's on the field, Greg, this guy is one of the better tight ends of the league, and in this market um, and and in a draft class where there isn't a ton of tight end talent from what we have been told, uh, Hunter Henry is probably going to get a saucy offer in free agency, so the Chargers uh, lock him up with the franchise tag. Yeah, he's someone who doesn't have better numbers, particularly than Austin Hooper, who will get to free agency, but to me is a much, much better player and I think would have gotten paid. Uh, a ridiculous amount, but Hooper now as the only really top shelf free agent, Eric Ebron is probably number two at the position in terms of free agents. It, according to Tom Pelissero, is going to get like crazy money. Like he, I think every free agent is going to get crazy money this year, and just every position is going to get reset. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's, you know, if Austin Hooper is getting fifteen million dollars a year because I think all these positions are going to have to reset to a new reality, you know, assuming, uh, you know, COVID-19 doesn't change everything that the, that like the cap space is supposed to just explode in this new CBA. And every team has way too much cap space in my mind 
to begin with. It's like, right. in, in, I think we're going to go back. It's like an, a correction. You see this in sports. Every team saved up for a while. The NBA did that for a while. It's like, oh, flexibility. Flex, you know, that's what we need. And then all of a sudden it went the other way and you saw a ton of terrible contracts again. And I feel like now it's time for the NFL to switch back to some terrible Deion Sanders getting $50 million from Dan Snyder type contracts. I, I was going to say, if you're going to give Austin Hooper's very nice player, he's, you know, tight end he, with, he has a hall of fame level quarterback playing with him in a dome for a team that can't stop anybody. on No big plays. Not, or throwing not the ball all the time. If he's getting $15 million a year, I know they're different positions, but Jets pony up and keep Robbie in your building. I mean, oh, no. Hello. <laughs> Holy God. Uh-oh. Well, it's I pretty, never, it's pretty exciting. I somebody to... acquire coronavirus live. <laughs> Thank you. I've also never seen somebody panic at that level from sneezing. It wasn't Hachu. It was, oh, no. I think she knew. You knew that mic was right by your mouth, and there was no getting it off in time. And so I couldn't, we were gonna, I couldn't you know, pull. I couldn't I could see, like, the little green microbes, like, crawling around <laughs> on your, like, hair and jacket uh, and the cord of your mic. Uh, you almost concussed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I slammed my head on my table. Wait, what's that sound? It's men in yellow suits, uh, radioactive. <laughs> At your door to take you away to the CDC center in Atlanta. Oh, I'm sweating. I think I'm my sweatshirt. Oh, no. it's a workout. Yeah, I'm. I'm anxious. Okay, oh. sorry. What, what? What were you saying? No, Robbie Anderson. Any of these guys? Fifteen million dollars. We're giving Austin Hooper fifteen million. A lot and of you shit. got. You have the best. I'm with you on there. the Jets, man. Oh, come on, keep them in the building. I'm with you. I don't. I think like I. I. I the, the Jets receiving core goes down to to bare bones, and I. One thing on the Chargers, if I'm a Chargers fan and there's a lot to not like about what's happened with the team, you know, in, for a lot of reasons, but that they self-scouted to re-sign and keep um, Austin Eckler and that they, they realize they're going to, you can give us all the song and dance and dog and pony show about Tyrod Taylor. They're going to have a rookie starting week one. I would, I would gamble at this point. And to not lose your tight end and have that position be vacant because if you're a rookie quarterback, an awesome running back and a, and a, proven playmaking tight end that's the recipe right there and they and they did a good job this offseason great great receivers to to just Mm -hmm. uh put uh you know to clean things up a little bit they also cut thomas davis today they cut brandon (laughs) mebane so this actually is the most active day of cuts team are teams are kind of operating as if free agency is gonna happen i guess for now they they have to uh thomas davis that might be the end um uh, of another great career uh NFL man of the year and and I don't know if he gets another job but had a great a, run a guy that came back from I believe three ACL reconstruction surgeries yep not too many guys can say that here's a one last franchise tag situation that's different uh Matt Judon a linebacker of the Ravens who had a big year for the AFC North champions 28 years old but there is much speculation that Baltimore is going to go a different route with Judon and perhaps tag then trade um, the standout defender. And you would imagine he would have a very healthy market for teams in the mix for a disruptive playmaker on the line. Yeah, he's an interesting one because last year when the Ravens let Terrell Suggs go and they let Zadarius Smith sign with the uh, Packers, the word around Baltimore was, hey, they they need to save money so they can lock up Matthew Judon, who they like better than those guys. And now we're hearing they might trade him, which would leave them with what at, at pass rusher? 
Nothing. But the what? trade is the trade would be because they they want a long term deal and they can't get one, and you get something for them for nothing. Uh, from another angle, like Super Bowl window still open, why not? Why would you dare go into the season without Matthew Judon unless you've drafted or acquired something in its wake? They're trusting the process. The Ravens have always found a way to 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 find these guys, and I guess they're thinking that they can do it again, especially at that position. But this offseason specifically, that is their biggest need with Judon. They don't have pass rushers. They don't really have front seven talent like they would want. And he's their best player there. So I, I actually am skeptical that they could get a D Ford or Frank Clark like trade for Judon. So it might just end up that that he returns there. Teams might see him as kind of a product of the system. Maybe not, but I also don't think they're gonna want to open up like a massive need, which which that would be. They're they're in the bottom half, according to over the cap. They're in the bottom half of the league in cap space, but they're not in terrible shape. They have right now almost $38 million. Yeah, I guess that to me, it was a little bit surprising. I'm with you guys that with the window, the way it is, and he just had a breakout season, maybe he's a guy you would keep. He would almost seem like an ideal guy to tag. Yeah, I agree. I, I would think so too, but that's what they tag have and done, keep. So. Tag and keep, I mean. Uh, anyway. Uh, any other news, guys, that you saw that you that got you all hot and bothered? Well, speaking of Austin Hooper, one of the spots he's connected to quite a bit is Green Bay, that the Packers will be chasing him, and they released Jimmy Graham. Which oh, I what thought, a segue. Yeah, I mean, I thought that that was, that was only a matter of time. He just can't get it done anymore. You don't want – he's sort of like Jason Witten. He's in the progress-stopping stage of his career. He's not helping you win games. Graham is, you're saying. They both are. Oh, yeah, I don't. That is not something that excites me at all. Austin Hooper to Green Bay. If that's really, if that's, I think he'd be great. Oh, I, I'm, I, mean, I meant I like Austin and Graham Hooper. are in the progress stopping that Hooper would oh. be a good addition. Hooper is fine. Hooper is. I'm saying, yeah, I feel like you would be in a, a, a upgrade over Graham, but that's really not saying much. I don't know. I, I would say that with the Packers, if that was if if he was the big free agency splash they make to upgrade the offense, I would not be thrilled that maybe other people feel differently. Well, there's still a lot of options. I mean, what do we care about um, Gronk finding work of his own as a grappler? I do, yeah. <laughs> Tell us more, Mark. Well, I don't have, you know, I'm not a, we have people in the building that consider themselves to be sort of re- adult wrestling aficionados. I'm not one of those people, but uh, adult he joined. Adult wrestling aficionados. Well, it's like, hey, I'm 38 and I still go to wrestling matches. That's cool. I mean, I don't. I, I, my, I don't have the, the funds or the interest for that. But how, um, how smug, both of you, the old men of the group. What? I loved wrestling. I don't I think, wrestling I am not, growing up. I am not I'm a professional wrestling fan. take on this. But I know, I know your laugh, Wes. That's the I agree laugh. I am not a professional wrestling fan (laughs) actively, but I, I, one of my pet peeves is people who really, whatever it is, that look down upon people for what they're into. And this idea that you could, as a, like, as example, Mark, not to attack you, but like as a guy that goes to, let's do it anyway. That goes to like, that goes to the Star Wars, Star Wars opening night and is probably pumped about, $20,000 $20,000 into that franchise over your life. Like, how is that any less, you know, but don't you uh, make fun of Star Wars a lot? Professional right, wrestling. But yeah, but you, but Dan, you, you in print and in verbally make fun of Star Wars and people that like Star Wars I do not. all the time. I all do the time. Not. I could find I 30 tweets. No and also, issue. 
Oh, that is absolutely. Yeah, I, you, unless I you get no on Twitter issue. now and search and delete all your past little <laughs> hot takes on this. They are out there and everyone knows it. And that's fine. But it's like, I, I'm, I'm not sitting around preoccupied that certain men in our, or women in our building love wrestling. Good for them. There's a lot of worse things you could be into. It feels a tad juvenile. And it's also not a real sport. But those are separate uh, bullet points. We're good. But anyways, Gronk is now a wrestler. So what do you want what do you want me to tell you? As far as my Star Wars digs, the farthest I go is a te- uh, you know, occasionally dropping in like Star Trek instead of Star Wars just to get you guys fired. Right. And I like and I what I get annoyed at is being, you know, like anyone chunked in with these like clowns dressing up as like, you know, Mace Windu or something. I'm not doing that. I don't own any garb or walk around like with that and I guess uh, and wrestling, wrestling fans would probably would not want to be grouped in with like that famous viral clip guy who's like, Ricky, can you dig this up? It's real to me, damn it. Like, I just want to thank each and every one of y'all for all you've done to your bodies. It's still real to me, damn it. I mean, thank Make you. Easy, man. Not all wrestling fans are like that. They just like the right. theater of it, and they don't see it as a professional sport. Right, they're a very, new, very nuanced group. A very, very nuanced. Um, Listen to you. No, I don't. I don't doubt. I don't doubt that at all. In your little pea coat in your living room. I don't doubt that. With your flower chair behind you. This house was built in like 1908. There's no internal heat. It's freezing in here. Hey, I man, love doing the podcast like this. By the way, my laugh contains <laughs> multitudes and is not so easily predictable. I know you, yes. I know you. I was laughing at Mark because I figured that somebody in our office who likes wrestling is going to hear that, and then he's going to have to hear from them. I mean, Adam Rank. Adam Rank. Well, uh, Adam Rank has many interests. I don't think of him as only a wrestling fan, from what I know. Uh, Gronk, I will, if you go back in the relatively short-lived lifespan of the end around on NFL.com, which was a brief Hansis imprint that burned, burned out, after a beautiful life, um, I had a running joke where I predicted that Gronk would be in the WWF in the lead of almost every article I wrote when he would show up these different league events. And that it's always been a matter of time, and now it's going to happen, and hopefully his back holds up. Yeah. But for the first time, I don't think he's coming back to football. I did. I pounded the table on that all through last year. I think he is enjoying life as Is that Walker? Gronk. Or was that, is that Ellis, a child? Greg? My daughter Ellis just uh, jumped Bring in. I, I'm with you, Gronk. Is like Ellis. They want you to come back. Oh, oh but she can't hear us, right? She oh. said she would have to put the headphones on, but she says no. I I have okay. no control <laughs> in this. Who's house. running anyway, the household? Anyway, good for Gronk and and Mark. Good for Star Wars. Can I tell you one thing? With all due like seriousness, Mark, I I have opened up the door because it's so all consuming. Star Wars pop culture. That my my children now are justifiably curious about it because they'll see certain kids at the daycare and they'll see the non-stop barrage and the various um, video platforms that they um, look at that I did open the door. I said, do you want to watch Star Wars? Do you want to watch the, watch the movie? And so far they just go, no, that's Boeing. But <laughs> I, I am going to keep the window open and I will watch it. I, I have not seen Star Wars uh, since about 1985, but I am open to watching it again. Well, we will not spend more than six more seconds on this, but I, I would suggest <laughs> that you only watch three of the nine. Uh, Which I one? Not, 
If I were introducing no, Star Wars that's to my two boys, which the, which movie should it the be? The 1977 A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I would be fine if you didn't watch anything beyond that at all. That's just my take. Other people would would have me shot for saying that. I think that's you know where I'm at. Okay. What an olive branch to behold there. That was that was special. yeah. That's wow. <laughs> really well, the world. I mean, the world's on fire at this point. The idea of fighting and quibbling over something as silly as <laughs> Star Wars or, you know, like if I, if my kids, if I want to introduce them to Captain Spock, I will. I mean, that's just the way, that's All right. the way it's going to be. <laughs> What's going on in football? I think that's it. I think we covered everything pretty we much. Did, we covered a lot of news there. How's that? A lot more to come. XFL shutting down. Yeah. And you know what? Good speaking there. There's a nice, uh, there's a nice segue, Wes, because Vince McMahon of the WWE, of course. I got more owns, segues than Job. Yeah, you do. Oh, very well done. Um, Job, who hosts the uh, Fox Lego show, which is um, uh, staffed Bob Castrone of the Throwback Pod. Watch it. Popular show in our house, too. I thought um, you meant Job the biblical figure, but I clearly <laughs> didn't, didn't get it. George Oscar Blue. Um Vince McMahon and the XFL, it, yeah, it did shudder as well, and... This gives them an easy out, by the way, because they can say, well, we were really making progress and it was looking hot. And there are people in the sports landscape, I think, for uh, desert reasons that have been carrying the water for that league, uh, making trying to tell the public that it's been a success. I would imagine this would give Vince a nice little out if he decides that this isn't working, where he could just point to Corona as the reason why it didn't work. And then we could get ready for another launch in about 2040. Well, I... I have no idea what the finances are, whether like they're willing to lose some money in the short term and how the different team operations go and everything. But it, people get go crazy. Oh, the ratings are dropping. The ratings. Are, okay. That, that, that's all true. Like, but it's still, even at its lowest is outrating tons of sports that are on all the time. Like an MLS game that they put like, that is a thriving league right now, 20 years in, and it still couldn't compete in ratings with uh, the XFL. Uh, other, you know, smaller sports, tennis, whatever, whatever it is, even like some basketball game, like NBA games, like the XFL was getting ratings. There was interest. Like there were a couple cities that embraced it pretty hard. It was definitely had fans in the crowd. St. Louis loved it. Seattle loved it. Like, I don't know, like the finances of how much you have to do it, but it's like that, that, what more do you want? You have people in the crowd, well, you got people watching. All right. Well, I can see it. I'm being overly dismissive. I'm not going to watch it in particular, but I, I can't imagine they'd be that, dis, they'd be disappointed about this the first five weeks. So that's all. I feel like it, it paves the way for them to come back because the final note on it isn't, oh, the ratings sunk every week. It was a plague um, essentially was dropped on the landscape and that, ended the XFL and they have an opportunity to come back. I, I do, I do think that it's important that some, a couple of these players um, get NFL tryouts and get maybe some NFL work to, to have it function as a developmental league on some level, because otherwise if it's like none of these players are leaving the XFL, I don't know. I, then I start to unplug. Well, they all, personally. they all are allowed to now. They're out of their contracts, and they can sign with NFL teams. I'm sure some will. It's, a, I guess, a question whether they they make any impact. And I'll, can I just, I'll just throw this one last bit of d- data out there, Greg, to kind of counter to your point. A report two days ago from the Sports Business Daily 
as that the XFL ratings have dropped 63% since week one. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I get it. I just mean, like, because I read pretty closely their last Sunday night. And it's like, yeah, it's on ESPN, but it's and it's dropping precipitously. But it's, like, building on their MLS audience, and it's building on their other programming on Sunday. So as, like, a TV property, like, it's building on some college basketball game from, you know, the Big Ten on a, on a Sunday. It's like, they're put, that's making... TV, so why not? I, I see that. There's two ways to look at it. The other way to, is that they've lost half their audience since they started a month and a half ago, which yeah. is not great. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's that's the blueprint we'd like to follow on this show. It's never, yeah, it's never going to maintain that initial uh, initial buzz. I don't know. All right, keep carrying the water, Rosen. I have no need for it. I literally didn't watch a second, but uh, I, it's like people people were into it. You're just a football junkie. He's All claiming right. he didn't watch one second of it, but I, I mean, uh, uh, it's not a claim. <laughs> it's the truth. All right. All right. Here we go. No need for more uh, XFL, please. So we will. This is the last time you'll hear from us this week. Like we said, it's possible there's an announcement from the league on Sunday. Possible that they push back the league calendar a little bit here because of what's going on with the coronavirus. If that does happen it will change our schedule next week but as of right now we got a huge week coming up on the podcast we have three video shows that will be uh, available digitally um monday tuesday wednesday covering free agency we'll also have multiple audio podcasts um three four five we don't know we're gonna hit it pretty hard if free agency does indeed happen so just be aware that you're gonna have a ton of content from us coming if the league calendar holds and if the league calendar does not hold and there is a postponement because of the coronavirus, we will also uh, be with you uh, in a lesser form in terms of amount of shows. We'll do a couple shows, I'm sure, next week, but that will change how much you get from us. So just a heads up there. And, of course, everyone out there. We have listeners all over the world to you know take care of yourselves and wash your hands. What do they say? 20 seconds? Get and you got to get the whole hand. You got to get the palms, the fingers, the other side, and the crevices in between your fingers. Finger you got to get the whole nails are big. Fingernails. Get your fingernails, and um, and don't touch your face so much. It's unnecessary anyway. Get your hands out of your face, <laughs> and and uh, and be kind to each other. And uh, one last thought, like I said. Old Surgeon General Hansis here. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, well, listen. See Everett Hansis. Mine's just as effective. Remember when Greg told us on the show like a week and a half ago, the virus disappears in summer. We're all that good. Was that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. That was not a joke. That was said in a very serious way. Hey, um, let's see. But, yes. We're not at the summer yet. Uh, be, be kind to your loved ones within your home. It's stressful for everyone. Well wishes to my brother, Tim, who's going through uh, some surgeries of his own, non-related to any viruses or anything. But Tim, thinking about you, love you, and get well. All right. Get well soon, Tim, and be well, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening. We were happy to do the show today. Looking for that normalcy that uh, sports, uh, the sports world can't give us right now. So thank you, everybody. Uh, for your support and all that good stuff. Ricky, thank you for giving us the technology hookup and making this happen. There is literally no way we were doing the show today without (laughs) your ability to be a youthful ambassador. And in in addition to being a beautiful woman, intelligent and savvy 
and technologically efficient at an extremely high level. This doesn't sound so Surgeon General at the moment. I think you've you've veered off of the you're almost path there. suspiciously uh, educated on technology. Like you might be a double agent for the government. You've been tracking <laughs> us for three years. Yeah, this is all going into my records. <laughs> But thank you, Ricky. The Especially sincere. the part in the beginning where you're like, Dan, Dan said, uh, Erica, don't put any of this on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all of that. I know you do. You could, you could put us under. You, yeah. It's like Don Draper said, uh, Lucky Strike could turn out our lights. That's what Ricky could do for this podcast if she wanted to. And Mark, and enjoy uh, the rest of your afternoon in the old shack in, in behind your house. <laughs> this is my house. This is about as they got the, luxurious they got, as they it got gets the little, here. You got the you know facility in the back. You got the yeah. You got your own little private domain back there. I am actually in the house across from Greg's uh, street, and I've been spying on him for three days. So be careful what you wish for. All right, everybody. Um, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Mark Sessler, the Quiet Storm, the Mailman. The old boss, Ricky Hollywood from West Hollywood. Until Monday? This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.